Zeno Chat. I am Tyler, along here with my co-host, Justin. Hey, everyone. All right, we have a few returning guests with us today. First up, we have Kat. Hello. And we have B. Hello. And we have Anthony. Hello. All right, so we're returning. The gang is back together for another episode of uh, You Will Forget Our Names, part two. So basically, we're going to chat about some of the characters throughout the Zeno series that we really wish had more screen time or had more involvement in the main game or otherwise. So like last time, we're just going to go around. Um, we have a list that we still have from last time, and we're just going to go around. Each person will choose someone from the list they want to talk about, and we'll just say how we how they were kind of disappointing and how we would improve them. So let's see. Ooh, how Tyler, can I, Tyler, could I start with a hot take real fast? Um, and I think, it, 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 yes, it's related. It's a character on the uh, the list here. And I think this may be... How about you wait your turn, and then we'll get to your well, hot take? No, okay. let's, how about we do this? And since you <laughs> jumped right into it, you go first. All right. There. Okay, okay. I'll allow, I'll allow it. <laughs> All right, Cat. Back me up on this. Okay. They killed Sharenkov too fast. They did! Oh my god. You want me so, to yell <laughs> really, really so, loud this so, entire podcast? So, um, I watched the cutscenes of, like, two-thirds of Xenosaga Episode 1. It was whatever was on the, the movie from the mm -hmm. European release to catch the European audience up for Episode 2, which was the best worst idea I've ever seen. Um... And the, the, the movie, <laughs> Dumpster Fire as it is, um, because of how much they cut out, I could tell just from watching that, that they were setting Sharenkov up for something, like, really, really big, and they killed him off way too fast. Yep. Uh, I think, I think that, like, like, given the amount of depth and detail... They gave his story, setting everything up with his family and all of that, that that is a character that had the potential to go all the way to maybe the end of the series. Um, I don't know. I haven't seen the rest of it, but it felt like he was supposed to be really, really important. Mm -hmm. And I was really surprised that they just crucified him literally that fast. Yep. yep. Um, I, I really I have cross series opinions about Cherenkov. He is very similar, but also polar opposite of Zanza. He's one of the people who stumbled into pressing the button that he should not have. Um, and I don't know how much of that was recycled into Zanza. Like Cherenkov's look is very divorced from anything from Z from Xenoblade. And um, I'm surprised at myself that I have so much interest in Xenoblade, despite there not being um, a whole lot of Cherenkov stuff. Um, but uh, I think the the architect and Cherenkov have a lot in common, and I feel like some of him seeped through the walls, though not by name. So just to clarify, when you say Zanza, you mean Klaus, right? Yes. Okay. I just want to make I, just to clarify I, I, for my yes. own sake, but also maybe for people in the audience. Okay, sorry, know. yes. Um uh especially uh Klaus in Xenoblade 2, as right. we see him. Um 
and like ah uh, but yeah it, gone too soon hashtag gone too soon <laughs> it felt it really felt that way i feel like they had that that, that takahakers could have done a lot more with that character I think he was Takahashi's character, and I think he wasn't cut at first because he may have been, like, director medley. (laughs) (laughs) But there is nothing more of him in this series except for one entry in the Xenosaga 3, like, in-game character database. Mm. Like, I think Margulis mentions him once in Xenosaga 2, but not by name. (laughs) I mean, to to be fair, to... um... He, they gave him a lot more screen time than they did in the anime. Yeah, <laughs> I've heard. Oh. I've heard that's also a dumpster fire. Yeah, I, I quit after they killed him in the anime. <laughs> yeah, the anime is its own thing. We have a whole episode about that, but uh, it's it has its own set of problems, but completely separate problems. Yeah, we have like two or three episodes. We're never going back to the anime. Yeah. Um. Imagine if, like, Sharang called lived, and then he was, like, a guest party member in Xenosaga 3. Oh, my God. Like, that's something I could have seen. Like, I felt like they were setting him up for, like, a redemption arc. That's my fan fiction. (laughs) (laughs) He lives on the Kukai Foundation and, uh, like, has a boyfriend or three. (laughs) Sometimes he joins the party if he feels like it. Hmm. That would be nice. All right. Okay. Who wants to go next? All right. So, do you want to? <laughs> you know what? Since it's on my mind, let's talk about uh, some Xenogears characters like Maria, for instance. Oh boy, Maria. Yeah. Uh, Maria is one of those characters. Uh, there's a couple characters in Xenogears I feel is kind of underbaked, and Maria is definitely one of them, especially for how popular she would end up becoming. She has a I mean, out. yeah, she's got a finger coming out. Her, both her and her gear, like, oh <laughs> and she also doesn't really have like death blows where she's like attacking because all of her moves involve the robot. Which don't get me wrong, that's cool. I do like that, but still, it would have been nice if there was if they did a little bit more with her and we get to like really see her. Because I don't know, it just feels like they had this really sick design. Because I actually really, really like her design. Her hair is is on point, but. We don't get to see as much. And that that makes me really sad. (laughs) Yeah, I totally agree. Um, It's unfortunate because a lot of the party members, besides, you know, Faye, Ellie, Bart, kind of get the same treatment where they have an arc. And then after their arc is over, it's like, yeah, I'm just there. Just tagging along. Yeah. And then you have characters like Margie, who kind of plays a a bigger role right and she's not even playable so it's just like okay (laughs) yeah yeah the way some of that some of the characters in that game are executed it's like they're not really consistent with Mm -hmm. like how important they are in a party because obviously maria is there maria feels like a character that would have been optional like you could option like maria kind of feels almost like the yuffie of that no i shouldn't say that no i shouldn't say that because yuffie actually has some significance in ff7 that's a bad comparison mm-hmm. but uh yeah maria i i don't know i i think that they could have done so much more with maria just like just feels like a waste wasted potential with her and to a less degree margie because i think margie could have been playable and then you had like other things like emeralda where um the, emeralda had like a whole side quest that like completely changes her 
yeah. then that's like that's like optional. Yeah. So it's like okay. Yeah, yeah. The first time I played through the game, I did not do that at all, and I was like, in the anime cutscene at the end, she goes her as an adult. I'm like, what? 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 What's? what's... Oh no! Yeah, oh it, man! It doesn't adjust. So <laughs> I was like, why is she an adult right now? So it wasn't until I beat the game a second time. I was like, oh yeah, and that's a really, it's a really good quest for her. So her, it so, is. So if that that should have been mandatory. That that absolutely should have been mandatory. And we'll talk about another character that had a quest that should have been mandatory later on, but yeah. <laughs> I know we kind of just covered like three characters there, but... No, that's fine, because a lot of the Zeno... Or, well, at least these few party members, they really don't have more of it, but then um, I wish there was more of them, and they just didn't fall off in the plot like they did. All right, so let's pick on somebody else. Uh... Hi. So I, I'll, I'll I was just about to, I was just about to say B. There you Hi. go. Um, character I'm putting up to the plate is from Snowblade Three, and it is Triton. Um, I love him. He's awesome. Um, yeah. when I first saw him, um, I'm like, okay, I'm I have to fight another Mobius jerk. Um, but you don't on, with him, and he's been saying he's been lived thousands of years, and he just wants to view the world and i wanted to know more like why did he leave what why why did he leave the group you know why is he going solo and why aren't they active yeah like would have been so cool if like uh we get to see the other consoles actually like talk about triton like i don't know maybe they like rejected him or something they like kicked him out of the cool kids club or some some shit like that (laughs) you would have thought that there would be some sort of consequence for leaving the councils but but Mm -hmm. there's triton and he joins with the allies. It's like, okay. Anthony, I, I remember last time from the quiz episode, you, you still haven't gotten Triton, is that right? I was literally just Googling this character because I'm oh. like, I have no idea who y'all are talking about. He's a former consul. And I'm like, what? 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 And I'm like, I'm like, like, like Googling this. I'm like, and I'm like on the Wiz Xenoblade wiki now scrolling down. I'm like, what? This is a really important character. Why is this optional? Right. Yeah, this is why we've been talking yeah, about him so much. Yeah. It's... Why is this optional? He's I optional think, too. I think you would love him. This is why we keep talking about him and why we keep saying, check, check it out. And I'm, I think you would I, really yeah, like him. No, it's, it's on the, it's on the to-do list. After I finish Fire Emblem Engage, I'm going back, finishing the DLC for Xenoblade Chronicles 3. And then I'm going to go and get some of these, the, the, these other characters that I missed because it, 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 the more time that goes by, the more I'm beginning to realize that like they made things optional in this game. They were really, really should not have made optional. Yeah, you would. You'll like Triton. I'm sure I will. He's a delight and a half. Yeah, <laughs> he's a fun one. But again, they kind of just left him out to dry, in more ways than one. Mm-hmm. There's a reason he's kind of become a bit of a favorite in the server, and why we we talk about him very, very, very often. He's got some good quests, though. Yeah. Oh yeah. Yeah, yeah he's he got does. The, the booty quests. <laughs> the booty quests. Does he talk like a pirate? Once again, there's a reason why we keep talking about him and bringing him up. You are correct. <laughs> I'm going to like this character a lot. You will. Yes. Uh, let's see. Um, Kat, would you like to go next? Let me see. Sorry, I'm trying to choose something that already isn't taken up. Sorry, I should have no. put on the spot. 
You could. Uh, I'll talk about Doctus. <gasps> yeah, Doctus. Yeah, let me make sure my, my hand is on the I'm talking button. Uh, so for people who don't know, Doctus uh, is a person who started up the uh, association called Scantia in Xenosaga 3. And uh, Xenosaga 3 spoilers, uh, she is actually, I'm not sure if she's a reincarnation or life extension of Melise Ortis, uh, who worked with Ziggy uh, in uh, Pied Piper. And uh, she's a real cool character. She she doesn't need no UMN. And she's just like, she's, she's a cool character. Uh, she shows up uh, and she she does some cool stuff. And I think she, they, they explain her, but we don't get a whole lot of time with her. Uh, and she's got a really cool look. Uh, I think <laughs> around the time I got married, I had hair like, like hers. <laughs> uh, and um, they just don't do too much with her. Uh, and like, I really just want them to have like ported Pied Piper to PS2. <laughs> so we've gotten, gotten the whole story because we, ha when we have her whole story, we also have more of Ziggy's story. Yeah. Cause I don't think it's like, it's not like confirmed, but there's like lots of, I don't know. I really support the, the theory that she is Melise. Oh, it um, wasn't confirmed? <laughs> as far as I know, but there's just, like, a lot of evidence. It's not, like, outright said. Oh, okay. Um, but I 100% support that theory. And if I'm wrong, please correct me. But um, I think that would also would have, like, helped better her character and added more to Pied Piper if they had outright said that, but uh, oh well. <laughs> she is a really cool character, though. Yeah. She kicked Cosmos's ass at one point. She just has a really cool vibe. All right. Well, okay. Let me. I guess I can go next. Mm hmm. Back to you. Okay. All right. Well, Kat, I guess to kind of, I don't know, bounce off what Cat just selected. Um. Uh, Kanan from Xenosaga, I think. Ah, uh, yeah. That was definitely a character that deserved more screen time because he he has huge connections to Pied Piper because he's basically uh, was the char character in Pied Piper also named Kanan or was it no what was his name in Pied Piper uh, Lactus Lactus thank you um because yeah he was like a it's, it's weird because he was like. He was Lactus, but I guess they... They did something with his body. Okay. Yeah, I didn't know if he was given a new body or... Oh man, it's been so long. But that is definitely a character that deserved more time because I remember before um, Xenosaur Episode 2 came out, I remember seeing a lot of stuff for Lactus and I was like, who is this, who is this pretty boy that we're seeing so many screenshots for? And then they kind of... After his little bit in the beginning of episode two, he kind of, I don't know, they kind of shoved him aside and didn't really bring him up till a few points in episode three. Um, and yeah, if they just kind of like went more with his connections and Pied Piper and brought him up more besides like that one pivotal scene at the end where it's like, oh yeah, I'm just going to 
reveal all my cards here and not really have Ziggy, you know. <laughs> it was, uh, yeah, it was a tough moment. Um, I actually... I was going to say, he's just the intro boy. <laughs> he's just the intro boy. Um, <laughs> and there's some uh, notes from Robin here about Kanan. I'm going to read Robin's notes real quick. Um, he said, more interaction with Ziggy where they both feel a sense of familiarity that they can't place. The game mentions Scott and Alan being friends because of the fucking anime. It can allude to the damn cell phone game. On that note, a lot of his problems come from his story being more relevant in Pied Piper. Xenosaga needed to be needed to do more to bring Pied Piper into accessible canon. Which I 100% agree because... Yeah. Yeah. I remember there was like... In episode three, there was like a part where they like dump a bunch of Hyde Piper in the database, and I was like, "No, that's that. Don't do that. That's not how you do that." Yeah, it's it, it's kind of bullshit that like you have multiple characters' backstories that are either in or heavily reliant on a freaking phone game that most of the world doesn't even have access to, even in its time. I'm not even talking about, oh, we can't download it today. No, a lot of us couldn't even get it back then. So it's just like, that. that's just shitty. Yeah. And it's, and it's messed up because, like, when I first played Saga, I kind of didn't really care. I was like, oh, whatever, it's Pied Piper. It's just a phone game. But, like, the more, like, I learn about Pied Piper... Um, and I will, and I'll be honest. I haven't really looked into Pied Piper until I guess a little bit more recently, over the last like few years. I started to look into it more, and I kind of don't like looking into it because the more I do, the more it kind of sours Saga for me. Because I'm just like, this is bullshit. That so much of this is locked to this phone game that is just mostly lost to time at this point. And I know it's like every now and then, every few months, there there'll be like, um, what was it G mode? G-Mode will have like that yeah. survey. They'll be like, oh, what kind of games do you want us to preserve or release on the Switch? And then like a bunch of people will say Pied Piper, and then it ends up trending on Twitter for a couple days and <laughs> then nothing happens. <laughs> yeah. <sighs> Is that actually even possible to preserve a phone game like that on Well, uh, yes, on because that's that's what's been happening. They've been they've been doing this. Um, G mode, G mode has yeah. They they have a whole line of games that is what what they're doing is they're literally taking these old phone games and they're porting them to Switch and they've done it with a whole bunch of them so far. More recently, they even um, they recently ported a port of uh, Persona One that was like mobile only in Japan and that made it to Switch. Interesting. Yeah, they've. I've not yeah, I've not heard of this. That's they, that's really cool. Yeah, I think they've also released a lot of like Shin Megami Tensei phone games as well. Yeah, so a lot of there's been a lot of there's actually been some efforts to preserve some of those old games. It's it's been happening, but like you know, it just drops in a bucket because there are so many games that came out in that time. When we say when we say phone game, we're talking like before the era of smartphones. We're talking like yeah. we're talking like yeah. Like, Yes, I'm talking, talking like, like early 2000, like, Java. We're talking about that sort of stuff. Yeah. Okay. That's what I thought. Um. Wow. It's like I would say that as a Kingdom Hearts fan, I feel your pain because really important lore is currently locked behind this bullshit game. I for I forget what it's even called. 
friend. But I'm uh, also a, a giant Kingdom Hearts nerd. So you know what I'm talking about. I the, 100% know yeah. what you're talking about. The, 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 the game, the game that, 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 that has the Keyblade War in it. But yeah, yeah. my point is that like I feel your pain there because like having super important stuff locked behind bullshit is not a good it's not good for anybody really um but like damn like i i i didn't that's it's it's both very impressive to me and also very like concerning that they thought it was a good idea to lock like super important xenosaga stuff on a flip phone game like that's I, I, I'm trying to wrap my mind around that because the very concept itself is so baffling to me. I have a theory, and it's that the the people who made the phone may have like been wanting a bunch of paid advertisement from several game companies at the time. So that's how like all of these like supplemental things came out. This is just my theory. Um, so like they got extended this opportunity to have extended canon for Xenosaga somewhere. It was not optimal, but I think I think the what I think happened is I think that this was like paid promotion. <laughs> and this was you know, this was during a time where like multiple companies were trying to like experiment with phones. Like even in that era, Square Enix was putting out a lot of mobile games. Um I know everybody likes to clown on Square's mobile ports today, but back then they started they put out some stuff like even some of their more obscure franchises, like I distinctly remember, Brave Fencing with Sashi got like a mobile phone game at the time, and it's like <laughs> there's there's that there's like I know there's a whole bunch of Mega Man games that are on mobile, and yeah, it's it it, it was uh, it was a really weird time, but yeah, that's um <laughs> that's Pipe Piper, that's my little rant on that. Ah, <laughs> uh, it was actually a really good story, but that's. So people say. <laughs> okay, who wants to go next? Uh, I can probably talk about something. Okay. <laughs> so, uh, you know, I mentioned about like side quests that should have been that should not have been optional. Let's talk about Tyrea for for a second. Oh my god! No, no. Like, oh my god, that was optional. Holy shit! I remember when I was streaming that game, you guys had to twist my arm to go do that real fast, like Anthony. Anthony, go do this. And I'm like, okay, I'm going, I'm going. Oh, and then I realized, I was like, damn. Oh yeah, and God. it's like, it was bad enough in the original game, because it was like, oh, that's kind of like, it, that's kind of important lore. But now that we know that, like, it basically leads into Future Connected, it's like, <laughs> yeah, that, that probably shouldn't have been optional. Uh, but the thing that, like, kind of irks me more about Tyrea is, one, I like her story. I think, I think her story is actually pretty all right. But... Man, what a missed opportunity was it to not make her playable in Future Connected? Uh, like she, <laughs> they have those moments with Melia. She could have, yeah. Why, why even have those moments with her if you can't have her playable? <sighs> yeah, and it wasn't it, did I dream this? But wasn't there actually like data of her playable? I believe so. I I can't remember where I heard that from, so we'll have to. I, yeah, I thought I heard that somebody found like that data that suggested that she was playable. Because she feels like a character that like maybe at one point they would have intended her to be playable, and it would have been really, really sick to have her. It would have been really cool. She had a really interesting arc, and I, the first time I played Xenoblade back 
over a decade ago, I didn't do her her side Oof. quest. So Oof. it wasn't until Future <laughs> Connected that I, I actually played. I was like, oh, wow, this is really good. I Wow. And I missed that over for over a decade. Huh. Yeah. So, the thing uh, that gets me about Tyrea is that, like, they set her up to be so important. And, like, uh, be, I was genuinely expecting to, to see her somewhere in Xenoblade Chronicles 3. Spoiler alert, you don't. Um, and that kind of shocked me because they stress so much importance on that character the, in Future Connected that I'm thinking they gotta be doing something else with this character. They have to be. And they don't. And it, it feels like they, it feels like with a lot of these characters that they spent so much time setting up, they just, I mentioned it earlier with, um, Oh, what the Xenoblade, sorry, Xenosaga character I mentioned, uh, uh, Sharenkov. Like, like, they, I feel like they have this habit of, like, setting up these characters to be really, really important and then just forgetting they exist. That's like, how you know it's Takahashi easy. <laughs> <laughs> no, I'm kidding. Like, come on, man. Yep. Oh, boy. Uh, uh. It's it's it is a it is a pet pe- it's it's not it's not something that that is like a hard breaking point I have with 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 his creativity style but it is a big pet peeve because some of these characters that he writes are really really interesting and I you you want more from them and you just don't get it like you 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 get more of love sick love sick puppy dog but you don't get but you don't get like more of this character that went through a redemption arc and is set up to be important. So Tyrea is very frustrating for me because she was incredibly interesting and they've done and they and they did nothing with her when they absolutely could have. If they did stuff with Melia, there's no reason they couldn't have used Tyrea as well. Future Connected was that chance and they blew it. So was Xenoblade Three, yeah, so Future Redeemed, or how was like Future? I was gonna say Future Redeemed too, and to my knowledge, I haven't beaten Future Redeemed yet. But like to my knowledge, they didn't do anything with her there either. Like, like come on, like you had your opportunity after opportunity after opportunity to do something with this character that you set up to be important, and you didn't. Yep, yep. And we're getting into that's scratching the surface of my issues with Future Redeemed, but that it might be for another episode. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> okay. All right. Who wants to go next? I can go next if okay. you uh, want. Go um, I'm gonna. We're gonna. We're gonna continue on the 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 trail here of setting characters up to be important and then not doing anything with them. Let's talk about Mikhail, uh, from Xenoblade Chronicles Two. So they stress his importance, kind of late in the game i i i I experienced xenoblade chronicles 2 in a way that if i could go back in time and do it differently i absolutely wouldn't which was i stopped at chapter 7 and played torna and then proceeded to play the rest of the game and if i had not done that i would not have had anywhere near the appreciation for what happens, you know, in chapter, I think it's chapter nine 
um, where Mikhail sacrifices himself to stop Amalthus. And uh, they, they, they could have done a lot more with Mikhail, I think, especially in Torna. Um, mm-hmm. Because in, in Xenoblade Chronicles 2, his presence is there, but I feel like it should have been given more weight. But in Torna especially, I feel like he should have done a lot more, said a lot more. Like, we should have seen him observing, reacting to things a little bit more, whereas he he barely talks. And also, his origins and whatnot remain kind of, like, a mystery. Mm-hmm. It's, it's not like... It's not like he's the most forgettable side character, but he was, in my opinion at least, stressed to be a little bit more important to the overall plot than Akos and Nabrona. But I also feel like what they did with Mikhail just wasn't enough. There should have been more. He should have had more of a presence throughout the main game and not been given so much weight towards the end where that weight didn't feel earned. It almost seems like there's a disjoint between Torna and the Blade. Right. I was I was gonna I was gonna get to that. I was gonna say like it feels like there's a piece that's missing. Like, and this is kind of a problem I have with multiple parts of like this game, Xenoblade Two, and also Xenoblade Three, and even more so in Xenoblade Three. But I, I feel like we don't really see how we got from point A to point B sometimes and especially with like mikhail with the way he is in torna versus how he is in xenoblade 2 it's like such a shift that i'm that i feel like we we missed something here like why is he acting this way yeah we're going from point a to point c and yeah completely out the window yeah because he goes from being this gentle docile almost like 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 kid he just goes from being a kid to like this borderline like cocky well no not borderline extremely cocky and um almost like like cruel individual and i'm just even having played torna and then the main game i'm like what the fuck happened yeah what like like, who hurt him like you could you i guess you could argue that it's the trauma from milton's death you could argue that but I feel like they could have done a better job actually, like, conveying that. It's like, it's a it's a similar thing to what people complain about in Yakuza, to bring another franchise into this. I know um, one thing that people complain about with Yakuza 0 specifically is Majima is very different from how he is in the first game, or Kiwami 1, and it's kind of like, well, his shift to how he is in the rest of the series is just, like, kind of like, they, he kind of goes from, like, 0 to 100. But at least in 0, we kind of get to see a little bit more of Majima's story. But, like, still, like, it's kind of just like, whoa, whoa, he, he's like this now? I felt that way about Xenoblade 2. Like, when I saw Mikhail and Torna, and then when I saw Xenoblade 2, I was like, whoa. That, so, this is what Mikhail used to be, but now he's, like, this crazy bastard who's also kind of, like, like a um, womanizer. Like, it's just like, huh? I'm going to bring another franchise into this for this comparison. Uh, Fire Emblems 6 and 7, uh, uh, Binding Blade and Blazing Sword, respectively. Uh, there's the main antagonist of the sixth game, uh, King Zephyl or Zephyl, I think is it is. I'm, I'm bad with pronunciation, but um, in seven, which is the prequel to six, we see a kind, sweet, very gentle young man 
And then in Fire Emblem Six, he's this cruel, insane, mad monarch that is incredibly power hungry and he unleashes dragons and you're just like what the fuck happened yeah <laughs> like how did you how how do your personalities go from how does your personality go from being cinnamon roll to i, I don't know uh, cinnamon uh, roll with an s <laughs> yeah yeah basically like how do you how do you go, go, <laughs> I, that took a second to click but that was actually really clever cat <laughs> um but yeah, how do you go from that? Like, like what what happened there? Yeah, and it's and it's a shame because I think there was an opportunity to tell a really cool story with Mikal, a really interesting story, just seeing like this kid kind of just get really fucked in the head and become the maniac that he's in Zelda Blade Chronicles 2. But they just don't tell that story, or at least they don't do enough to tell that story or enough to point the player into following that progression. Like, I get that he was experimented on by Amalthus, but I feel like that isn't enough to really, like, justify what he's become and why he's, like, the way he is towards otherwise innocent people. Like, that's the thing I don't get. It's just... It's now, just... I will say, um, because can't you actually get Mikhail as a blade? And I... Yes. Yes. Now I will say I will say this. I will say this. I did not get Mikhail. I did not do Mikhail's side quest. I'm gonna admit that. So if he if in that side quest they do explain that, that is good. I just don't know if that happens. Do you know Tyler by any chance? Uh, I (laughs) I can't remember at all. I don't. I don't even know if I even finished his side quest. Is he DLC or something? Uh. I don't think I think he would I think he was at it. He's a new game plus yeah, he was a new game plus blade. Oh. There's a whole bunch of new game plus blades. In fact, a lot of like the, the Torna dudes are actually blades. Yeah, because you can get Akko, Sempatroka. Um you can't get Malos or Jen though, which is a little lame. Yeah. Yeah, I, I honestly think that they really undercooked Malos and Jin and Amalthus, but I'm not gonna bug down. The oh no, no, no! I, I am, I am very much of the same opinion, Cat. I have gone off about it a million times, where I felt like they were weaker villains. <laughs> I feel like we've had this conversation with those two before. Yeah, we've absolutely had uh, the, yeah, that. I'm pretty sure. I'm pretty sure that's been in another episode. But yeah, yeah. Anyways, that that's besides the point. Um, yeah, I think Mikhail could have been really cool, but there's something missing. Maybe that missing something is in his his blade quest. I don't know, but yeah. Let us know in the comments because yeah. clearly you guys are bigger fans of this game than we are. <laughs> Yeah, exactly. <laughs> I can I can hear them typing right now, just like <laughs> Um, actually, you guys are a bunch of fake fans. How dare you have a podcast? And you know what? Because I just said that, that probably also applies to Akos and Petroka as well, because they are also DLC blades. Well new game plus blades rather. And uh yeah, you can actually you can they actually they should have blade quests as well. My thing with Akos and, and Abrona is that, like, they, uh, the reason why they are the way they are, I kind of get, I get that from the game, wh- what what happened to them, but also, I just 
kind of don't care. Like it's, it's weird. Like, like I just, for whatever reason, I don't care for the two of them as characters. Like they're just, they, they felt like disposable minions to, to the rest of Torna. So, and that, that, that is my asshole opinion, but that's just how I feel. Like I, I, it's like, I didn't need more from them. I feel like I got what I needed and that was it. Like, they, they had it rough. They're working for the bad guys. It makes sense. That's all I kind of need. Now, somebody else here may feel very different and want more from them, but I I didn't really feel the need for anything else. Well, I guess we could segue into them, but I, I actually would like more of Akos and Petroka because, I mean, there's just like some interesting aspects of the, about them because they're I, I like how they, well, Akos, I think, define them as siblings, but they're technically not siblings because I guess it was their driver, their original drivers that were siblings or something like that. But I, I felt like they could have, like, I don't know, because otherwise I wouldn't have known there was really that much of a connection between the two if he hadn't, like, said that. So there was just, like, some moments like that where it's like, okay, that's an idea, but you're not fleshing out that idea. So I I, I did kind of want more about them because tor- the the enemy group Torna in general, I felt was a little flat besides, you know, Jin and Malos in general. You know, you, you, you mentioned that it's Akos and Patron, uh, sorry, Petroka, not Akos and Abrona, and I said Abrona earlier, so let me Yeah, correct- I don't want to correct let me, you. Let me correct but... myself. Um, who who was Abrona? <laughs> Brona is Akos's blade. Oh, oh, okay, right. Yes, I remember now. Yep. And, and that's why we know nothing about him. <laughs> yeah, and I'm pretty sure you can even get Obrona as a new game plus blade as well. Yep, and Perdido, which is Petroka's blade. Yeah. Alright, let's move on to some other characters. B, who do you want to talk about next? Uh, let me bring up Rock. From Rock. 2. Yeah. So, Rock is um one of the mercenary blades, if not the mercenary blade. Um, so he saw a lot of crap and shit and stuff. Um, he doesn't really say too much about oh what's his name Gernica no yes Vandom Vandom that's right took yeah. a moment uh-huh. um he doesn't say too much about Vandom um and this is when Vandom is still alive he but you know they probably have a quite a wealth of knowledge and what we do get from Walk afterwards is him asking about what he was and what his driver was like in a previous lifetime so. I think what's missing is a little piece of Vandom and Rock's story instead of focusing on the other half of this is Rock and he was with this great driver, blah, blah, blah. I just think there's a little piece missing about who Rock is as a Blade and all his time as a mercenary. That's it. It's frustrating that there, and I understand they did it for, you know, the plot reasons, that they did, but it is a little frustrating that the blades lose their memories uh, when they 
when when they reset, so to speak, because I feel like we could have gotten to know Rock a lot more uh, if Rock hadn't, you know, had his memories wiped when Vandom died. And I feel like you could say that about a lot of blades that that like that have more story significance like Rock that that there's more that you could learn from them if they didn't lose all of their literal life experience when they, you know, go back into their core crystal. So it's one of those things that's like, it's, it's a fault by design, but maybe it's intentional. And I love, and I hate that about Xenoblade Chronicles too. Well, I'll tell you one thing. It's made Bridget seem like the smartest blade out there. <laughs> I know, right? Like we yeah. know so much about Bridget, and she's one of the best, most like well-written blades because of her genius idea of writing down her life's like <laughs> memories into that book. Like that is such a clever workaround, such a clever workaround. That oh, she I agree. Like pick up right where she left off. Essentially, she's gotta. She's like, all right, give me five minutes. I gotta read this. <laughs> yeah, and it's yeah. like think think about it this way. It almost makes you wonder if maybe every time you save, that's Bridget writing down her memories. It's good to keep a record, Justin. <laughs> You're gonna kill me, cat. Sorry, I gotta um, I gotta fling out the one liners. <laughs> but like Justin, don't 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 tell me things like that. I'll lose so much sleep over it at night. I'll be like lying awake, like at the ceiling, like wait, what if? <laughs> yeah, and I I can't remember much of Rock's quests, but I remember there was one where Rock is like asking Rex about Vandom, but it's also like Rex knew Vandom for like ten minutes. I feel like yeah, maybe they could have like branched out and have Rock or maybe go to other. Well, I don't know if that was part of the quest if they talk to other people in the mercenary group but that that would have been more interesting to like reach out and learn more about both Vandom and past rock and their relationship another thing about rock uh rock does have he him pronouns but is bird gender in the uh the database because <laughs> there's male female or monster <laughs> Was he gender four or oh something like that? It was a I can't remember. I want to say it was gender four, but I might be wrong. The four genders. Before. I just wanted to be call. I just wanted to call attention to it. No, 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 no. That's good. That's good that you called that out. Okay, let's see. Uh, Cad, do you want to go next? Uh, let's see. Oh, uh, since I'm looking at it, uh, Rise and Dagon, um, they oh, sort of, X. yeah, Xenoblade X. Um, so to give some context, uh, Rise and Dagon, uh, are enemy aliens from what is, what is the, the enemy group called in X? Yeah, oh, yes, the Ganglion Empire. Uh, and they are this like tiny little girl and their gigantic monster thing. And, uh, they, like, I don't know at what point in the story that you get 
the the little wood sprite looking uh is it Celica? Celica, uh-huh. And um what was her big guy called? Rock. It was oh, also, it was another also rock. rock. <laughs> um so Rise and Dagon were both like the little girl, big monster combination, and I don't think they had any kind of interactions with them, but I forget most of Xenoblade X by now. Um, but they they seemed really, like, their personalities were really hype, but they were on screen for, like, five seconds. Yeah, and especially with Celica, because, like, they they hype up Celica, because she's, like, a late, uh, late-game character, and you're like, oh, she's cool, she looks important! Yeah, she's- and she's just not... Also, th- th- maybe I'm remembering this wrong, but didn't Rock have like a really high pitched voice? Yeah, because he's like a wasn't he like technically a kid or something like that? <laughs> yeah, something like that. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, that like threw me off when Rock started speaking. I was like, wait, wait, hold up, <laughs> that's what you sound like. <laughs> uh, it's such a shame too because I love Celica's design. She looks so cool. Like Celica looks like a character that would have been in like old school fantasy star like she could have been a fantasy star four or two not have been yeah uh, they should have done more with her i'm mad about that one <laughs> yep i could talk about another xenoblade cross character actually uh which i'm also mad about okay go ahead god jerk uh man like the the cat dude the rothian why wasn't he playable i know right Oh Actually, I don't think any of the Rothians were playable. They were so cool. The, the, the like, lady? Gab, uh, Gabweed? Gab, Gabweed. Yeah, Gabweed. Yeah, Gabweed. I remember seeing her in trailers. I'm like, ooh, she looks cool. I hope I get to play as her. Nah. Nope. Dude, like, they look so cool. And they have, like, all these sick weapons. Like, she has, like, that beam um, halberd. And then he had, like, the, the beam saber. Like, they're bosses. Yeah, but, man... They could have been playable, especially since, like, they end up... There's that side quest where you get them to, like, actually emigrate into New L.A. Exactly. Exactly. They join so, like, they're side. literally living with you. Yeah, they yeah. join your side. They start living with you. But you can't play as them. It's so frustrating. I tell you, Cro- Cross is one of those games... Cross had the potential to be the best game in the franchise. And then it does stuff like this. <laughs> oh, man. But uh, at least they get uh, they get holographic figures. <laughs> well, I know Gabweed at least does. Yeah, it's not enough though. <laughs> well, okay. Well, I'll, let me. I'll keep this uh, Xenoblade X train a going. Um, I'm gonna bring up L and uh, Robin actually brought up a lot of good points about L. Like L is a really cool party member. He's hilarious, but um, he definitely fell to the wayside. And there's some interesting things in the art book that kind of hinted on, I don't know, what he might have been like in like a previous draft of the story. Um, So, yeah, what Robin said was uh, the art book has designs for characters similar to L based on on other continents of Mira. With Tetsuya Takahashi's love of childhood's end, L's vaguely demonic appearance, L's full name being a reference to Lucifer, and L being a native of Mira, it feels like there was meant to be something there. It could be a straight-up childhood's end ripoff, and L is trying to guide the evolution of multiple species. 
Uh, he could be a cosmic observer. He could be an outcast of his kind. He really wants to live among the other species on Mira without affecting them. The potential others like L could have a hive mind or with L as a council or there might be other might, might be a guardian of Mira. L, L just feels like an early story idea that got scrapped, but they kept the character, which is a very good description of L. Like that is exactly how I would describe L. Yeah. And especially because he definitely seems like he has a lot more significance early on mm-hmm. and he just doesn't. And then he's just kind of there, which he's just there. Or he opens up a shop and you know, that's cool. And yeah, he's playable, so that's cool too. He being your party, that that's that's all cool, but what else do we get with him? Yeah, and he's the only species of that 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 alien on Mira. So it's like, what who are you? Who are you, El? But Who are you people? <laughs> uh, but he's he's goofy and has great character design. I like his character design a lot. Yeah. And that's where we get the term ass caves from. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Alright, so who wants who's up next? What about you, Tyler? Pick a character. But I just chose a character. Alright. Anthony, pick a character. <laughs> I'm sorry, I've been quiet for a little bit because I'm eating dinner here on the sidelines. Um <laughs> Yeah, I know. <laughs> we uh <clears throat> All right, let me um, just take a look. Can we talk about consoles X and Y from Xenoblade Chronicles 3 for a moment here? Uh, it seems that they are both very, very important. And yet I feel like they don't do nearly enough with these two villains. Um, you, you Defeating X isn't even part of the main storyline. Ask me how I know I finished the game without uh, ever defeating her. And con- and console Y, the only reason I ended up um, defeating him is because the game kind of makes you go and do Mio's like, quest to get Miyabi back. And... Aside from that, like, if it weren't for that, I'm pretty sure, like, you'd never see X or Y. And I know nothing. To this day, I know nothing about X. And Y, I know, is basically the, the, the chief scientist. And I love the way he talks. I, he's The way the Y talks is, is so delightful. Um, but... Other than that, like, and and I, I have very mixed feelings about Y in particular, because Y was probably the biggest roadblock for me. Like, he's a very, for me, it was a very hard fight the first time. Um, the second time, still kind of hard, but didn't take me anywhere near as long as it did the first time uh, to overcome that hurdle. But, uh, yeah, I mean, I feel like these two... Are again, and this is a massive problem with Xenoblade Three Chronicles. So, sorry, Xeno, yeah, Xenoblade Chronicles Three as a whole. There are things that are optional that really, 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 really shouldn't be, and these two are prime examples of that. Especially considering that they 
seem to have like 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 in the final battle against Zed, he has when he's split the party, he takes on the forms of X and Y, like or his face anyway. So clearly, there's great significance and weight to these two characters, and yet I know nothing about them. And rant. No, I completely agree, because, I mean, out of all the consoles, we see X and Y um, a lot more. Oh, I guess we see console J as well, but um, we they, they are reoccurring villains, but we still don't. They, they're kind of like a lot of the consoles. They they do come off across as like Saturday morning villains, and we don't really get to know much about them or why we should even care about them. And yeah, I yeah, I agree. It's unfortunate. Yeah, maybe if they didn't have like you don't know villains that are like twenty. Five letters of the alphabet that would be kind of focused on a, a smaller group. I don't know. It's double the amount of uh, Organization Thirteen, unless that that didn't stop at thirteen. <laughs> mm, sorry, my mouth is full of French fries and milkshake, <laughs> but that is an extremely accurate comparison that I have never thought to make until now. Holy shit! <laughs> 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 it's Organization 26. <laughs> but yeah, I mean, you're right, though. And <clears throat> much like with Organization 13, there are members of that organization that we really don't get to know nearly as well as we'd like, because there are some really cool character designs and really neat things about them. But just... but but. Much like Organization 13, the consoles have the same problem of there's too many of them and not nearly enough time spent with each one of them. And so many of them are missable, too. So it's just it's frustrating because I don't I don't really mind the Saturday morning cartoon villainy-ness of some of them. Saturday morning cartoon villains kept me entertained all my life. So I don't really look down upon that. But I would like there to be a point to some of them. And it feels like a lot of them don't have points. And then the ones that do aren't even mandatory to encounter. So... That's so, yeah. That that's my problem too, because it's it's like the game can't decide on whether or not these villains are significant or not. Because yay, I am completely okay with one dimensional villains, and for much of the game, I kind of treated them as that. And I said, you know what, that's fine. They can act like that. But then towards the end, the, but then the game will keep reminding you that they exist and that they're important and that they're significant, but they won't tell you why they're significant. And that's like. That's what gets me about it. It's like make up your mind. Do you get, do you want these guys to just be random villains or do you want them to be something more? Don't stop flip-flopping on me. Yeah. No, I agree with you. Like you want these villains to just be one-off villains and make them one-off villains. Don't make them like don't all of a sudden make them important right at the end of the game cuz one of the one of these consoles you fight right before 
the final boss of the game, but only if you happen to do a side quest beforehand. So it's just like, what? Is that X or Y? That was X. Okay. Yeah, because I was going to say, I felt like I, I fought Y right before. Also, with Y, I just remembered this. When he dies, he doesn't even get a cutscene. No, he doesn't. He just... He doesn't. He just... He just it, that's just it. And it's just, like... He just, He's just, he's, he says something that's barely audible because the music is still going. Bada, 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 bada. And like, you're like, what? Wait, what? That, 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 yeah. That. Yeah. No, like, it's, it's so insane. It's so insane. This is what I'm talking about. The game can't decide on whether or not they want their villains to be important or not. And they, it's like they don't, they can't commit to it. <laughs> it's. It's one of the biggest problems I have with Xenoblade 3 as a whole. Is that, like, it feels like they have these ideas, but they don't want to commit to any of them. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I'm seeing that. I'm definitely seeing that. All right. Uh, I'm sorry, Tyler. We're getting heated because we care. <laughs> oh, it's it's okay. B, you... there, there are some other characters where I, I, can, I can go off about that again with some other characters on, on this. If we want to talk about them, but that goes into a future redeemed. And I don't know if we want to do that with Anthony around. Well, he can always plug his ears. <laughs> but as I, as I was saying, B, would you like to go next? Um, okay. Um, let's see here. Let's go with Juniper. Now, Juniper's uh, an interesting one from three. Um, I like Juniper. She was, sorry, they her. um, an interesting character, like the whole plot point was about how their um colony is self sufficient on food. Um and I, I did do all the side quests where they helped um I which colony was it? The one of the first ones you go to to help set up their hopes and plants and things and I did like that. Um but what I want to know more about Juniper is how did they become a colony leader? Like why are they the leader? Um, and why did they decide to do this like peaceful route and not worry about the Kevin's Agnes score? It's just not much about that. I honestly, did, I honestly did not finish Juniper's quest. It is one that I probably get back to, but there was a quest that was, a, I don't know, I, I don't know, I felt Juniper was a <laughs> little boring as a character so I, yes. I guess I would have liked there to be more to them but um, I didn't hate them either I just I don't know I I definitely agree there should have been more for me to I don't know I guess care more my honest thoughts on Juniper is that Juniper made me depressed <laughs> like like when when we meet Juniper for the first time it is a very depressing quest and when it ends I don't feel like I really when I when when they smash the flame clock, I really don't feel like I did anything for them. Like, but I think it was around the time where we meet Juniper that, and Juniper's kind of like what really made me realize that Xenoblade Chronicles Three is a really really depressing game at times. Like, like really like it was quite sad. I don't again. I don't hate like like you, Tyler. I don't hate Juniper. That character just really depressed me and I, I can't quite put my finger on it. I think it was more like the just willingness to give up and 
roll over, like they were saying. Well, they a lot of it was that their colony decided not to fight in the war. Right. But at one point, Juniper says, like, you know, when we run out of food, we'll die. And that's it is what it is. And I'm like, I'm like, uh, damn. (laughs) It was fatalistic. I think that's the word I was looking for is fatalistic. I think they did like uh, their side quest. Is it was it them that taught? People how to grow potatoes. Yes, it was. That I did like that. That was nice. I like that quest. That was fun, and it gave the warm and fuzzies on a rather depressing storyline. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Okay, who wants to go next? I'm 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 down to talk about Monica for a little what for a little bit. Okay, go ahead. <clears throat> okay, so. I'm going to start by saying I love Monica. Mm-hmm. I I I don't know if that's a hot take or not, but Monica was one of my favorite characters. Lukewarm. Um, lukewarm? Okay, that's fair. That's fair. So, I like Monica because she reminds me a lot of Vandom from Xenoblade Chronicles 2. It helps that she is a Vandom. And I thought that it was a really, really cool thing that they did where they make the 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 fandom that is probably the more important character um a woman and to my understanding i think this is the first time that we've had a female fandom and um i like how she just takes no shit from like literally anyone even uh, and she's willing to make hard decisions. And, uh, when I, I mean, I, I took, I took Monica into the final battle with me. Like that was, she was my, my ride or die for like the rest of the game after I was able to put her back at my party. Um, so I would have liked to see a little bit more. I did do... I don't remember if it was if I did both parts of her story or just the first part. It the last thing I remember is, is that some some kid walked up to her and was like, "Yo, I got the hots for you," and like, "I, I I'm in love with you" and stuff like that. And I was like, uh, it's, "It's a little weird. He's he's a lot younger than she is." But and I don't know if that was the first part or the second part of the quest, but. It also wasn't really what I wanted for her quest. Like I wanted to go more into her his like like her history as a leader, and I don't necessarily feel like she fell too far to the wayside. She did get a lot of screen time, but I don't know. I just I feel like there there's a lot more that they could have done with that character. Agreed. But yeah, I mean, overall, I re- like what we did get. I really really liked. I agree. I think she's a great character. I also think her age is a typo. But <laughs> I I knew somebody was going to bring that shit up. If I didn't, somebody else would have. <laughs> I know. <laughs> Especially it's it's funny because her age wouldn't be a typo if it weren't for the fact if it weren't for the fact that uh 
Gondor is so old. Like, it's one of those things where you're just like, and like, if, I'm not going to say what it is, but if that did happen, it is something that can happen in real life. Yes. But the fact that it did happen and they don't talk about it is a little weird. It's also just kind of like a, yes, it can technically happen, but like, why write that? <laughs> like, <laughs> you could have just not. <laughs> Especially since they don't even talk about it anyways. Yeah, it's one of those things where, like, I feel like they were they were cowards. Like, they were afraid to make her too old because, oh no, if she's over the age of 40, nobody will find her hot anymore. But also, uh, but also, it's important for the story that she has a kid, and this kid is old enough to do things. <laughs> I don't know what Gondor's age is, but if I had to pin it, I'd say 16 or something like that. She reads, she reads like a bratty 16-year-old going through the rebellious phase. So, <clears throat> I, how old is Monica again? Uh, uh, okay, so Monica, actually, yeah, Monica's 33, Gondor's 18. Um, that's even worse. Uh, okay, so, but, um, yeah, I, I feel like, I, I do, I, I feel like that that's why they did it, is because they're, it, it's purely for the, for the, out of fear that people will think that Monica is too old for some fucking reason, because... The moment you cross, the moment you cross the age of the threshold of thirty-five, you're basically considered a senior citizen, and 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 stuff like this. Saying I'm a senior citizen. We've all seen the oh, meme. Of, we've, we've, we've all seen the meme of the old man going, "I'm thirty years old." Yeah, there's three of three three senior citizens in this episode. Yeah, so it's like <laughs> again, it's one of those things where. Yeah, another thing that I feel like they couldn't commit to, which is a recurring theme. The more I think about this game, the more I'm thinking that, and I hate it. But, um, yeah, I, it's just one of those things. It's just like, I guess the bigger problem with the industry that, like, we're so afraid of having female characters that happen to be quote-unquote older that you end up with situations like this. It's what it feels like, which... Leads me to my point of. Leads me to my but, point. But of, which 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 makes me go. Okay, I'll, I'll I'll let you finish. But it's just like, mm -hmm. and this is why it, like it ticks me off because it's just like okay, so you would rather write Monica as a thirty three year old with an eighteen year old daughter than just making Monica a forty year old. Like that is what they consider to be the better solution. That's what gets me about it. Like that. And we're making a lot of assumptions. I'm gonna I'm gonna point put point this out there. There could we're making a lot of assumptions with this. For all we know, it for sure a could have in fact been a typo, or b <clears throat> like there could be story there that maybe Takahashi was gonna give us that just ended up having to get cut for time because I will go to my grave believing that Xenoblade Chronicles Three was rushed. Far and away, I believe that out of all three titles, this was easily the one that was the most rushed. 
and I knew it was going to be rushed when they moved the release date from November to July. I looked at that and I know everybody else was going, yay. And I was going, oh, no. Because I feel like things had to be crunched. Things had to be cut. Things had to be not as fleshed out as they could have been. And I think that instead of a quest where some lubby-dubby, love-struck fucking kid in his late teens, early 20s walks up to Monica and says, yeah, I think you're hot. You want to go on a date? I think that maybe there could have been more story there. Maybe there's a story there of her overcoming challenges of being a single parent and also leading a fucking resistance against an organization hell-bent on killing all of them. Like, like. There could have, I think that the age thing is a setup for something that never happened. And the way it comes off is we can't have a woman over the age of 38 because otherwise people will think that she's not marketable for some fucking reason. It's disgusting. The older, the older I, the older I get, the more intense my opinions on on subjects like these, because it's like, it's ageist, which is the... It is, and it's just like... Things I never thought I'd fucking say. But I guess that, but I guess that's what I'm getting at, is that they would rather write, a th- like, a woman this young going through struggles. That is a more appealing storyline to these writers than just saying, okay, she's a 40-year-old. That is what's crazy to me. Mm-hmm. That's the point I'm trying to make. Like, I think that there could be an interesting story there for a woman going through, for a, you know, a single mom going through struggles like that. I think there is potential for something really interesting, but fucking do it. Like, like, commit to it. Don't be noncommittal about it and just throw it out there. Like, there's, it's because when you don't commit to it, that's, this is what happens. You have people on the internet who played the game talking about it in a certain in a fucking book study circle like this going what the fuck happened here yeah like i understand that he likes to leave things up to interpretation but give us a fucking guardrail i also think a, a problem i have maybe it's not a maybe i'm over exaggerating but with monica i feel like a lot of it kind of goes back to like like the male characters in her life like whenever like with that quest we were talking about um there was that guy that had a crush on her and a lot of it's like oh what would Gernica do so a lot of it goes back to Gernica and then her husband who passed away and there's a lot of times where it's like okay but I want to I want more of Monica herself, not the guys that were in her life. Yes. Yeah. 100%, Tyler. 100%. And that's, and that's another thing. It's like, even if they really did want to write that, I, I'll be honest, I do not trust them writing that story. <laughs> I, do <laughs> not tru- I do not trust them writing that story with Monica. One bit. That's fair. You know what? That's totally fair. That's why I'm so against it. I'm just like, I do not trust these people writing that story. If if that is genuinely what they wanted to do with her, mm -mm. maybe, well, hold on. Another speculation. Maybe they went to, and then they shot, and then Nintendo or somebody shot it down. 
and then they just never changed her age. Like that's it, there's so many ways this could have gone. Yep. But like I disagree personally. I would have liked to see it. I would I would have trusted it. You not trusting them. I totally fucking get that. I can absolutely understand why you're not going to trust that shit. Well, well, what what we could say about her could fill an episode at this point. Yeah. Yeah. You really, Uh, oh man, like there, because there's a lot there. And that's one of the reasons why I like her so much is that she is one of the most prominent characters and one of the most memorable characters from this game. She's really, really cool, but they don't do enough and they don't explain enough and they don't, well, anyway, what were you say? podcast um, idea is just about Monica. Is that what I'm understanding? <laughs> just Monica. Just Monica. Okay. All right. Just Monica. <laughs> nice. I understood that reference, Tyler. <laughs> okay, well, we are running low on time, so I say we should talk about one more character before we go. Mm. Let's give it to Kat. Uh, let's, uh, let's talk about something from Xenosaga. Let's see. What's still Xenosaga? I was wondering if we could maybe, well, if you want to, or would you like to talk about Rico from Sinoki? I feel like if we don't do Rico with this, we are missing the point. <laughs> yes. He yeah. Like yeah. Child <laughs> we should have. We should have mentioned him. Yeah. I wasn't. Uh, weren't we waiting for Bot to be on this? So, because uh, like a lot of the Rico notes are Bot's notes. Well, he he was. We were secretly maybe going to have Robin on this episode, but he he unfortunately couldn't. So that's why a lot of the green notes in the on there is from. Could him. wait for a third part. Just saying. Uh, <laughs> I'm just I don't know if we'll ever do a third part, but it's possible. But what would you like to do, Cat? I would like to read Robin's <laughs> read Robin's notes because like I love Rico. I thought he was very cool. Um uh but I don't know what I would do with him. <laughs> so and like uh Robin wrote a lot of notes, so I just want to read them. Uh <clears throat> let Rico have interactions <laughs> some interaction with his father. Ideally have Kaiser Sigmund relinquish control of Nortoon to Rico when he steps down. Though I feel like the game would go uh with Sigmund dying before surrendering control, which works too. Uh, uh, in the notes, it says, uh, Robin is fine with Sigmund's reasoning for abandoning Rico being, being implicit at best. Uh, we don't need every character to have a huge backstory. Let Sigmund be a jerk who abandoned his family. We would love more throwaway lines between Rico and Hammer. Uh, when Hammer defects, there's an impression that Rico is genuinely hurt by the, uh, uniquely hurt, uh, by, by, bleh, by the betrayal. Uh, we know they lived in Nortrude together, but it's implied that they didn't really interact before Faye, so they weren't exactly, uh, they, they weren't already friends. Having them clearly be friends before Faye, uh, before or, uh, bleh, before Faye, or include more interaction to show that they've become friends since Faye, either Al's either allows for Rico becoming more affected by Hammer than the others. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah, I definitely agree with that, because they definitely... Every time you're, they're hanging out, uh, like, at the base, they're, they're in the same room. And it's like, there's a friendship there. And they 
there, I mean, there is a friendship there, but they definitely could have uh, fleshed it out more. But um, I'll, 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 I'll continue reading for you because I don't want you to force yeah, thank you to you. read the whole thing. <laughs> uh, Robin also said, also adding a scene where Hammer talks about feeling useless and Rico sounds dismissive would help build up both characters and foreshadow Hammer's betrayal. Is this what happened with Shania and Gondor? Yes, but Hammer and Rico were first. Uh, good point. And then the last thing he said was, not a story problem, but make him less slow in battle. Maria does the move slow, but hits hard mm-hmm. things better than he does. Yeah. I agree with that 100%. It makes me sad uh, that Rico is F-tier. Yeah, he just gets outclassed so quickly. Mm-hmm. He's a cool, it's like it's another cool design that's just kind of wasted in this game. <laughs> yeah, he's he's Blanca. Yeah, yeah, because like I think um, Takahashi loves Street Fighter, uh, so like they did a whole character that that looked like Blanca, but they didn't do all that much with them. You know, maybe they should have put Rico and um Air Guides. Oh, I would have loved that. Y'all ever play that game? <laughs> yes, I I beat the um the story mode that they had. Because I, I suck at fighting games. Oh wait, yes, I remember that. Because I had following seven characters in it, right? Yeah, yeah. I remember, I remember renting that, and I I remember playing the story mode. I was like, "What the? This is so different than the fighting game. What the? What is this?" Yeah, they should put they should put Rico in there. Put put him in that, or or make him like a guest character in Tobal. One of those two games. That's that's what they should have done. Oh, but it it is such a shame because his. I mean, he has a really cool arc, like his introduction and the whole d-block section is like a really cool part of the game but just to like like with maria and emerelda they have their part and then they just they're just there for the ride just there for the ride there is a note about uh choo choo needed more screen time but like She's she's the kaiju who's in love with Faye. And it's very um it's very actually uh live alive <laughs> that we have a kaiju on our team. I just the the it, it gives me live alive energy. Yeah. Uh I don't know much about Choo Choo, but you mentioned live alive, so I'm interested. Yeah, because like the um the 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 mecha ah uh, the mecha live action part of uh, oh uh, near future yeah um so like choo choo is this adorable little pink fluffy creature who mm-hmm. uh she's immediately in love with fei fan wang uh and she just follows the party around because she's in love and not just like any kind of love like she feels like she's destined to be in love with fei um and oh. like she, she essentially kind of like low-key thinks that she's ellie <laughs> and i love that because like she's just like this little uh, I wouldn't say deranged, but like very head in the clouds type of like young and innocent character that like it it goes against the tone of 
90% of the rest of Xenogears. <laughs> and um, a lot of people really hate her. Um, I thought she was funny. Um, but like, it, it's, it's also, it created a moment of like cognitive dissonance where like they were crucifying the robots and Choo Choo also counts as a gear. <laughs> so we get the, the scene where Choo Choo died for our sins and, uh, uh, we could have gotten more out of that. <laughs> I feel um, Feeny has some uh, some notes. Uh, I'll read uh, from Feeny. Dead serious about this one. The arc, yeah. And like, I want her character to be deeper. Like, I know she, she, she <laughs> like, I know she's pretty much a product of the times, but she feels like such a joke character, and honestly, kind of sucks. Uh, I know it's her whole thing. She's a joke character, but I wish she had more depth <laughs> than just a horny creature who wants to fuck Faye. <laughs> But she can heal gears, though. Yes. Uh, hey, uh, Justin, was Choo Choo a Tournament of Voices character? This name sounds familiar. Did we do Choo Choo? Does she look like? Does she look like a dog? No, you're thinking of um Postal from uh, Chrono. Cross. I'm thinking of Postal from from Chrono Cross. But I'm trying to no. remember if I if I had a Choo Choo on our dock or not because I know I did a few. I feel like we have Choo Choo on the document. Or, uh, that sorry. or I've considered it in the past. I feel like we have Choo Choo on the document. Uh, sorry. Yeah. I I just... Mm, yeah, no. I, I The name sounded very, very, very familiar, and I genuinely couldn't remember if we'd done this character. But, yeah, no. So, sorry. I didn't mean to... It's okay. You good. Uh, I, gotta, I gotta ollie out. Um, okay. Wanna say anything... Uh, any uh plug anything real quick uh sure uh i'm trying to rebuild my website uh under a new domain name after you know kind of like uh destroying all my old social media accounts and uh uh i'm trying to to, to build my my personal art presence back up uh, I'm not sure how successful I'll be because it's the modern internet, and if you don't have a social media, you can't get anywhere. But um, I'm hoping to post more art uh, soon. I've been scanning more stuff. Uh, I will be at MAGFest. Uh, and <laughs> yeah, uh, watch Ranking of Kings if you have not already. It is gorgeous. Well, thank you. And if you want to send me that link, I can put it in the show notes if, if you want. Uh, the link for what? Uh, oh, website. Your- Oh, okay. It's it's very not done, but thank you. I uh I can I can link what I have. Yeah, thank you. <laughs> okay, no problem. Thanks for joining us. Yeah. Have a good night, everybody. Thank you. Right. All right. So, well, with that, we'll wind down ourselves. Um, but yeah, this was a very interesting conversation. Of course, we didn't touch all the characters on our list, but we got just about almost all of them. But if we ever wanted to do like a maybe a, a mini episode or maybe even a whole episode depending on how how, how long we ramble, I we feel like we I feel like we have enough on this list to do another episode. That's probably. that's just my opinion. Yeah, because I mean, there's some of those topics that we could probably ooh, we could probably <laughs> Monica go on and on and on. Just Monica. <laughs> just Monica. Just Monica. <laughs> uh, that's exactly. Uh, Okay, no, nah, but right. like, uh-huh. no, nah, but like, I mean, there, there are some names here that I, I actually would have liked to talk about, like Gort or, um, or, uh, what, what was his name from, uh, Xenoblade Future Galgar? That was it. 
<laughs> like the like like I've had I, I had ideas about those two that I would have liked to talk about uh, at some point. So yeah, if we get to do it in an episode three, that'd be kind of neat. I yeah. I would I would I would sign up for that. Okay. Great. I know we have we have four characters in Xenoblade Chronicles three that we didn't touch on, but uh, and I actually have quite a bit to say about them. But I think what I have to say about them could probably go into another episode. Yeah. Then let's yeah. do another episode on. But I mean, th- not necessarily in a minor characters and how we make them better. I think this could. That could that rant could be for just another episode in general, because it, what I have to say about them is part of a much bigger problem I have with with uh, Future Redeem. <laughs> Actually, I think uh, J- Justin going off on Xenoblade Chronicles Three gives me such life. <laughs> <laughs> Which I think you might have actually talked about it quite a bit on the future redeemed episode. Yeah, I have a lot to say about the, those four characters. Well, that will be another episode entirely. Yeah. Or go back to our future redeemed episode, which we did have that. We did have the future redeemed episode, yeah. Okay, but anyway, let's uh, okay, let's go around, and if there's anything you're working on or want to plug... Oh, can I go? Can I go? Can I go? Can go, I go ahead, B. Excellent. So, um, <clears throat> with the uh, release that was last week of um, Super Mario RPG. That is my favorite game of all time, so I've been cruising through that. Um, love it. But a game that I'm going to highlight that Justin knows all too well is Exoprimal. It's on Steam. Um, love it. It's Murdering Dinos. How I've been describing it to some people as it's a zombie apocalypse, but swap the zombies for dinosaurs. Um, I beat the whole storyline. It's decent. It's a time warp, but it's so much fun. That's all. Oh, and 3D printing stuff. I'm always doing that, though. Nice. That's it. That's me. Okay. All right. How about you, Anthony? Uh, assuming you're going to edit in my 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 long rant about Super Mario RPG. And how awesome uh, it is. In, insert rant here. Insert rant here. Please switch to disc one. Uh, basically, what I will say is, um, yeah, I got it that day, and I picked it up, and when I started playing it, it I came back. I didn't put it down. I didn't I put it down until until four thirty that morning, and rolled credits. Like, oh, you were a. Uh, Tyler, you were there, I think, for a little bit of it, right? Yes, I was. So, you uh, where was I when you were when you were with us? Ah, uh, I don't know. Was that was I was I in the clouds? I don't think you. Well, wait. I remember you climbing some vine-like things. Yep. Yep. Vine-like yep, okay. things. Yeah, I was. I was. I was headed into Nimbus Land, mm-hmm. or and um, and and like. At that point, after I had, after I had beaten Nimbus Land, I was like, I'm at a point where I'm like, I could, I could uh, go to bed here and save the rest of the game for tomorrow, or, or I could do something that I previously thought impossible and beat this game in a single, in a single, like, like, sesh. And 4.30 in the morning rolls around, and I had rolled credits, and I was like, I did not previously think this was possible, but I beat that <laughs> I proved that that game is a short and sweet. I proved it. 
Can I just say how satisfying it is to watch Mellow dance? Can I just say how satisfying it is to listen to this music uh, again? Yes. Reimagine. You'd be amazed. This soundtrack does not get a lot of love on it the... I like it. No, no, no. What I mean is, is that, like, like remixers or, or people who do covers of video game music, they don't touch this game. Like, it is... Very hard to find like orchestrations or or reimaginings <laughs> or remixes of music from this game that's like of any decent quality, and to to hear Shinomura come back and just blow it out of the water like she did has I haven't stopped listening to the soundtrack. I just it's <laughs> it's exactly what I needed. Like, this game is exactly what I needed. I, I never thought that this game would get a remake. Not in a million years. And it was probably the nicest surprise of 2023 for me. And uh, I've also beaten... Uh, as of Saturday, Saturday night, I beat all of the post-game content, too. Okay. So, I... I, like, grabbed this game by the horns, and I... I, I beat it in a submission. Did you like the the new boss? Well, the uh, <laughs> it, it was genuinely well new boss. I really should say new is bosses it... because all of the post game like is like basically rematches with previous bosses, and you know when you do get around to playing this, Justin. I don't want to say too too much, but I think you'll like the post game because. Each boss fight is actually a, a very well designed puzzle. Well, I was, was going to say I I have been spoiled on um, most of the new content for this, so it, it's okay. I have yeah. not, so please don't spoil. I'm not. I'm, I'm not. I'm not going to spoil anything. All I'm going to say is that each like don't approach it like a straight up fight. Approach it like a puzzle. Good. Okay. That's and yeah. it's it's actually crazy satisfying. The only one that you that you would approach like as a straight up fight is the last one and. <laughs> The last one is, it took me an hour to beat it on, like, a single run. It was a long fight, but it was incredibly satisfying, and it kept me on my toes the entire time. Like, at the drop of a dime, something could go wrong, and that would be it. So it's, like, one of those, like, very high intensity, like, you really gotta be top of your game to to to, to beat that. And it's far and away one of the best <laughs> things that I've played. Tyler, if you want to, like, edit this part and, like, put this at the end of the episode where we normally talk about what we've been playing and stuff like that, and just, like, take this and move it there for me, because, yeah, that that would be great. <laughs> uh, but, yeah, no. Um, for me, I would give it, like, like, is it what I want wanted? Yes. If I'm being subjective about it, it's a 10 out of 10 for because of nostalgia. If I'm being a little bit more objective and not looking through rose-tinted glasses, I, I would say it's an 8 out of 10 just because it's Mario RPG. It really is, at the end of the day, just baby's first RPG. But it's it's such a good game. It's so much fun. Well, I just asked, how did you like it? <laughs> and he told so, you. Very well. Okay. 
Please switch to disc two. All right. So now that you've listened to my complete and uh, <laughs> full thoughts on on Super Mario RPG, <laughs> sorry if you've made it through that. I applaud you and I um, th- thank you for listening. But um, uh, I have also been working on Fire Emblem Engage, uh, and that is surprisingly better than I thought it was going to be. I initially was not very excited about it, despite Fire Emblem being my favorite like franchise as a whole. Um, the map design is really, really good. The gameplay is very <laughs> engaging, pun unintended. But, um, <clears throat> but uh, I had uh, I'm having a lot of fun with that, and I'm excited to see how that wraps. I think I'm a, I'm a little bit over halfway through it. Um, and then I'm planning on going back to future redeemed so I can finally put that to bed. Uh, what play live? If I haven't been on an episode since I finished it, play live alive for God's sakes. It is one of the best RPGs I've ever played. It is stuck with me. I can't stop thinking about this game. The music is incredible. Please play live alive. If you have a switch or actually, I think it's only on switch. I don't think it was on steam. Um, no, it's um, on, it's on other consoles. Oh, it is. Okay. Well, however, like, like whatever you do to play it, just, just play it. It is such a good game. Um, there there's even was a demo. One. Oh, there is. Mm-hmm. That's neat. Um, yeah, give it, give that a shot. Uh, do you know what chapter is in the demo? Uh, that's a good question. Uh, cause I, cause I, <laughs> I'm afraid because like one chapter is not reflective of the others. Like, in, yeah, like they're yeah. all so wildly different. Oh, I forgot what was in the demo. The, okay, there was. I want to say there was. There was far yeah, future. Probably, I think right the um. I think the ancient China ones in there yes. in the demo. No, are you serious? That's like one of the best chapters. That's perfect, honestly, because that's that that chapter like gameplay wise is probably like one of the best to showcase for a demo. So yes, I would say that that, that that's a, a great chapter to have in the demo. Um, and I also think that that's my like second favorite chapter. Anyway, uh, the last thing I wanted to talk about was I saw the five nights at Freddy's movie. Um, and I really liked that. Like as a FNAF fan from the beginning up until like, I think the fifth or sixth, I think this after the sixth game, I kind of dropped off like following it, but I really, really enjoyed uh, the movie a lot because I was not expecting I wasn't expecting anything from it. I was expecting it to be like a bastardization of what FNAF is. And it was surprisingly satisfying. Uh, So if you like FNAF, you will probably like the movie. If you don't like FNAF, I really don't know if you're going to like it or not, because I don't know if there's really anything there for you. Um, but it's a fun movie. It's, it's, it's baby's first horror movie. And I had a good time with it. I was, I was entertained the whole way through. Right. And that's it. Okay. That's, that's everything I wanted to talk about. Okay. Uh, all right. How about you, Justin? All right. So games I've been playing, uh, I've been, <laughs> I have been back to streaming since the move, and I played Nayuta, and we're almost done with that. I initially thought that my next stream was going to be my last stream, but turns out there's like two more chapters even ahead of the one that I'm currently on, so 
uh, yeah, uh, we got more Naita content coming, which is not a bad thing because I'm really enjoying it. It's probably one of my favorite games this year. It's it's a lot of fun. Oh, wow. So I've been playing that. I've also been playing Exoprimal would be... Murder Dinosaurs! Yes, yes. We we started the game together because, uh, like, a couple weeks ago, they had it for free. And and I was like, oh, there's this game, Exoprimal. First of all, I didn't know Exoprimal even came out. I thought it was actually coming out later. So, like, when I saw that free weekend, I was like, all right, all right I'll, I'll give this a shot. And then uh, B and our Nick joined us. And, uh, yeah, we had a lot of fun, and we all got the game. So Yeah, we are um, still continuing to murder all the dinosaurs. Yeah, so we've been playing that on the side a lot, and uh, yeah, it's it's a lot of fun actually. I don't usually play like multiplayer games like this, but no, nah, it's this is a good one. It's it's if you like um, Earth Defense Force, it's it's got that kind of cheesiness so to much it. Fun. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Blowing and up dinosaurs some... with robots, it's, it's good. It's a good and, combo. And, and there's some excellent quotations in there. So yeah, yeah. yeah, there, yeah. There's good quotations. There's good emotes in it. Um, so if you don't want to do like PvP, you can do the PvE mode. That's what we mainly play. And uh, yeah, it's just it's it's neat how like the story is set up because like the more you do multiplayer matches, the more you learn about the lore, and then like you'll get cutscenes here and there. And sometimes like some of the matches will be like story missions. So it's the story's laid out in a really interesting way, I, I think. And I <laughs> and I kind of like how it's you're kind of just piecing together a lot of it. And I'm making us t-shirts us three t-shirts that says what, what was the quote again um t-rex no every month is t-rex every month, is t-rex month. Around this month yeah <laughs> there's a there's a one character the thing that pisses me off is they have um that character majesty who feels like that she feels like that's uh calcom's way of just like baiting dino crisis fans well yeah but she has some awesome lore that you haven't got to yet does she look like Regina I, or something? she she's got the red hair the at like yeah, she's got mad Regina vibes. Just wait till you get to get to her lore. Yeah, I I can't wait to get to her lore. But yeah, uh, that's I, been, I am that's streaming been game. that game too. Yep, yep. Be streaming it. I also plan on streaming it as well. So yeah, look forward to that. Um, because I'm gonna be starting a new streaming schedule. So yeah, I'll be announcing all that good stuff. Sorry, really I soon. cut in Justin. No, that, that's just, fine. That that's game fine. is very exciting. Makes me very it, excited. That is completely fun. It's 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 a game worth being excited over because it's it's a, it's a ton of fun. And I don't think a lot of people are really talking about it. So yeah, take yeah. a look at Exo Primal if if you can. It, it's really good. Another game I've been playing. I've also been playing. Uh, I know I said Naita, so I've been playing the Mainline Trails series. I've been. Slowly making my way through that. I started Asia, Azure, Asia, however you say it. People people say Azure, some people say Azure. I've been playing that one. Um, I am still in Chapter 1, towards the end of it. And I'm really liking it so far. It's like taking everything that was great about Zero and just making it better. Which is cool, because Zero was also really freaking good. So... I'm hoping to finish that by the end of the year and then get back to playing some more Mega Man games like Battle Network. But uh, yeah, a lots of trail stuff with me lately. So between Nayuta and Azure, like, yeah, we're <laughs> I've got a lot of gameplay going on, so. Nice. Okay. Um, well, as for me, um, I can't remember if I mentioned it, but I beat Following 16 like a month or so ago. It's it was okay. Um, it was just okay. Um, but I've been playing... I've been juggling a few games. Um, I randomly got into Stardew Valley. Um, 
Oh, be careful, Tyler. That is a oh, rabbit hole. Oh, I know. Oh, I know. <laughs> it, I needed something chill, and I, I, I definitely got it. But then I've also I beat Signalis, um, which is awesome. Oh yeah, I gotta get that. Oh, so good. Um, I've been playing uh goody or little goody two shoes. And that's been really good too. Mm. And um, I picked finally picked up Boulder's Gate three back up because I put that down because of Stardew Valley. Um, and it's 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 really it's a really good game. It's a really good game. Are you beginning then, to understand why I sold my soul to D and D? It's I, I can kind of see it. Yep. yep. <laughs> it's 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 a really good game. Really great characters. It's, it's just a real great game. Wait, Baldur's Gate? You're talking about? Yeah, Baldur's Gate three. So, uh, I should plug this real, 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 real quick with Baldur's Gate. Uh-huh. I know uh, a lot of people have been wanting a physical version of Baldur's Gate three. Oh yes. And um, so you have two options for that. One is the Japanese physical release, which was announced a little while ago, and that's coming out in December. But I believe that version is said to be censored, apparently. I don't I don't know what exactly they changed, but yeah, uh that that's that. But there's another physical edition that just got announced. It's gonna be from Larian Studios. They have this big box limited edition with it, what's got like a map. There's like posters, there's stickers, there's a soundtrack. So that's coming. Um, so yeah, if you want a physical copy, check that out. It's coming like if I had to take a guess as to what they're going to censor, they're probably going to pixelate the uh, genitals because you can absolutely see peens. So from what I've from what I've heard, apparently it's both that and also the violence too. But it that's can be the fun of D and D. I mean, it can it can be very gory. They're apparently toning down some of the some of the violence in it. So, but that's but that's the Japanese digital version. I don't know if that's applying to the the physical one as well. It probably will, but like the physical version also supports English. So I don't know if it's going to be one of those things where if you switch it to English, then it won't be censored. Who knows? Yeah, the physical version I heard comes out first quarter twenty twenty four for. Okay. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. The Western physical will be next year. The Japanese one will be next month. Gotcha. Okay. Um. Other than that, they I've been, really like, knocked it out of the park with that game. It's it's so good. I would be. I haven't played it, it but I've heard nothing but good things. I would be surprised if it doesn't win Game of the Year and RPG of the Year and whatnot. <laughs> yeah. It, it, it's it's a stacked competition this year at the Game Awards. I'm, I'm kind games. of excited. A lot of good games. A lot of good games. I mean, this has been a phenomenal year for video games. Mm-hmm. And I feel like I, it, it's nice because I feel like I've been able to say that a lot the last few years. Mm-hmm. But this year in particular, we've had some really, really, truly lovely surprises. Like Baldur's Gate 3, like Tears of the Kingdom, like Super Mario RPG Remake. Like games that... <laughs> We we knew that they would be good, but we didn't know how just how good they'd be. The, the like like they met and exceeded expectations. And with in the case of Super Mario RPG Remake, 
that, that like we didn't even know that was going to be a thing. Like not in a million years would I have thought that, that was ever going to happen. And not only did it happen, but they got it. Like they understood the assignment. <laughs> so it has been a phenomenal year. And then like Mario, um, Super Mario Wonder came out, and I've heard nothing but good things about that too, other than the fact that playing as Ravio or Yoshi is apparently misleading because it puts the game on easy mode and it's cryptic. I, I think that's dumb. Anyone who who, who watched the direct would have known that. But, but yeah, I mean, it's just been a great year. It's just, it's really been a great year for for games, and I'm I'm excited to see how the game awards go, and I'm also excited to see, like where things go from here because usually when you have a good year sometimes it gets followed up by an even better year because trends get set and one of the nice things that got set this year is the idea of a complete game at launch that feels finished and that is a good business model and if that does well at the these award shows then Maybe that'll set a trend for the industry and we can move away from this microtransaction hell we've been stuck in for the last decade. Oh, I guess one other thing I could mention is I started the Tales of Arise DLC, which is a thing I started playing. Cool. I'm like five hours in. It's it's basically more of the same. It's it's not like you know a Xenoblade DLC where it kind of like changes a lot of things and it's like almost a game within itself. It's, it's basically more of the same game, which if you like that, it's good. Uh, at least so far. Yeah. I heard good things about tales of arise. Oh, for for, for a lot of people, it's what put tales on the map. A good game. It's a good game. And I can't wait for, I mean, there's like, Several Dolim figures coming out, and I'm who doesn't love Dolim, and why oh. is he my favorite? Oh, he's just amazing, and he's and he's back in the DLC, and he's just as great as ever. <sighs> that's that's I guess that's one thing to get the DLC is uh, more Dolim, more Dolim. All right, um, well, thank you guys for discussing these characters that definitely deserve more spotlight than they got. Um, and everyone listening, uh, before this would have been the cosplay episode. Definitely recommend listening to that. Um, and I believe the next episode we're planning is our yearly holiday episode. So look forward to that as we iron out the details for it. But yeah, that's uh, Zeno Chat. So yeah, uh, thanks everyone for listening and have a good night. Thanks for having us. Take care. Later, folks. Save the game? I'm assuming my mic is still on, yes? No? Yes. Okay. okay. I've been turning it off every time I shove food in my face. I'm sorry. Okay.
appreciate it. You gotta be kidding me!